This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to My Millennial Career and I'm here to help you win at work. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant at Boldside. And today on the show, we're talking about a whole heap of tough career decisions. We put a call out on our Facebook community, My Millennial Money, and we got 57 questions submitted So we've chosen a few of the big ones and I'm joined by our producer, Rach Chow. Hey, Rach. Hey, Shell. And we are going to answer some of the questions around how to make tough career decisions. Ready to go? Sounds good. Let's go. Okay, Rach. What is the first question on the list? All righty. Daniel Quinn has asked, how much value do you place on workplace flexibility? I recently said no to a career change because it meant a massive impact on my work-life balance. It was a management role, came with a chunky dollar increase, but the net result post-tax in having to travel up to 90 minutes each way, four days a week made it unpalatable. So that happened a few months ago for Daniel and he has said that he's definitely still on the fence as to whether or not he made the right call. In his heart, he says, I know it was, but my financial brain is still crying a bit. So shall What do you reckon? I love the financial brain is crying. I feel that on a deep level. Yes. What a mood. It's such a mood. (laughs) Tears, tears and not tears of joy. It's really interesting hearing Daniel's thought process. Like you can really hear it in this uh, response of his financial brain's crying, but in his heart he knows it's the right decision. Mm -hmm. I think that money is a really tough thing for us to kind of let go of if we feel like we've lost something when there's these big dollar signs with this job and we're like, oh, there's heaps of money that's being offered to me. But then all the stuff around it is not a benefit at all. Like for example, 90 minutes each way commuting four days a week. Mm. That's three hours of driving a day. Yuck. It's a lot of travel. And if we think about that net pay, like if we think about his his salary that's being offered, I love to do this thing of calculating what would the hourly rate be if I factored in all the travel mm. or I factored in all the unpaid overtime. And if we think about that, then we actually start to get a picture of what the role's worth. So we start to see, well, is that salary really as high as I think it is because I have to factor in all the time that I'm traveling to and from, that I'm away from my family, that I'm not getting to do the things that I actually love in life because I'm, you know, a slave to this job that won't let me work (laughs) remotely. You know, I, I think we have to weigh all those options up and money can often be this like bright, shiny disco ball thing that we're like, we have to have it. It's so beautiful and amazing, but we forget the downside that comes with an offer like that. And For me personally, flexibility is a non-negotiable. So I would be very hesitant to give up flexibility for more money. That's great. And like, it sounds like you know your value of how much you value flexibility. So what practical things could someone else do to 
find out how much they value flexibility, what that means to them and whether or not they should turn down a job like Daniel did in order to keep it. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think what you're saying around values is so key because this decision that Daniel has made is a values decision. And so for so many of us, when we're making tough career calls, like we've got two job offers on the table and we're working out and weighing up which one is a better option for us, we have to come back to our values. So we have to come back to what are the things that are super important to us? So another question, what if you don't know your values yet? Yeah, nice. Okay. So if you haven't worked out your values and can I ask, have you, do you know your values? Um, vaguely. Yeah. But I've never gone through a process of doing that. Okay. Well, this is awesome because we can practically do this and we have a part in our book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money, go buy it, um, about how to figure out your values. And we go through and give you over 100 values, things like growth, empathy, generosity, fun, authenticity, autonomy, these kind of words that speak to you. And you look at all those words on the, on the page and you start to work out, okay, what really resonates with me? So what are those kind of fundamental values? And once you start to narrow it down, then from there you can see, okay, well, what are those things that are deeply important to me? They're, they're what I would describe as your non-negotiables. So I want you, if you're listening, to just Google values, you'll get a stack of words. I want you to print that off, sit down with it and go circle the words that stand out to you the most, the things that are absolutely crucial for you. So if we're looking at these words on the page, for me, I've done this process and I have four values and my values are growth, autonomy, fun and authenticity. So how did you go about actually picking those? Did you literally just look at a list of different words and go, oh yeah, like that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. So the way I worked it out was I went through a list and I picked about 10 that resonated with me. And then from there, I started to narrow it down further. Mm. And so I really tried to boil it down to four values. Now, Brene Brown takes it even further and she says you should only have two values. But I was like, you know, I'm a what is the word maximalist? Like I want more of everything. So um, I I chose four. But I think if you can boil it down to those four things, then what we do is we assess every role against that. So for you, what I want you to do now that you've bought the book, you can go do this. (laughs) But go and have a look. You start by picking 10, then you narrow it down and slowly go, okay, well, which one is more important to me? There's an exercise that will help you do that in the book one of the best ways to boil it down is to look back over your career and think about times where you felt really frustrated in a job. Pain often speaks to a value. So for me, I remember being really frustrated in a job where I had no flexibility and no autonomy. So I didn't have the ability to influence decisions. I I wasn't able to pick where, when and how I worked and it was Mm. quite rigid. And that spoke to my value of I have to have autonomy at Mm. work. I have to have flexibility. Otherwise I'm a miserable person to be around. So for you listening and for Daniel in his situation of picking between money or flexibility, it comes down to what is so crucial for your sense of like happiness and well-being. Yeah, that's great. And I think flexibility means different things to a lot of people. So if someone's listening and thinking, how do I make this 
decision? Like, how do I know how much flexibility means to me? What would be some of like, I guess, like the practical ways that flexibility can be experienced, I guess, in a career? Like, for example, with Daniel, for him, flexibility looks like not having to travel 90 minutes, four days a week. Whereas for someone else, it might be, I'm not sure, being able to choose their own hours of when they work. So stuff like that. What are some of those things that people can, I guess, listen to and assess whether or not that is super important to them? Yeah. So I guess in terms of the ways people experience flexibility, going to your kind of initial question would be exactly what you said, like not having a commute, being able to work from home the majority of your week, picking and choosing your hours, four day work weeks, for example. Yeah. And I know that's what your experience is of having a four day work week. I want to ask you actually on that, because I think you're a good test case of this. You've experienced, you work full-time remote, you have a four-day work week, you have quite a lot of autonomy in how you work. Now that you've had those experiences of flexibility, would you be able to accept a job that was paid higher but didn't have those things? No, absolutely not. Um, I think I've realised throughout the four-day workweek experiment that we've been doing here at SIMO um, is how much it caters to the way that my brain works. I'm someone who needs to be able to pick when I get the work done as opposed to sticking in a nine-to-five because if I'm not feeling productive in the afternoon and I want to take a little bit of a break, then I love just being able to do that work maybe at night when I'm feeling a bit more energetic, which actually is a thing for a lot of people who are night owls, um, or I might get, you know, a burst of energy in the morning. So stuff like that is super important to me that I've realized I can't do that in a normal office environment. Yeah. And so that goes to a value. So I would imagine that flexibility, because you've had that experience and you know, that brings out the best in you, that would probably be one of your values. Now, The flip side would be, so you've looked at, okay, well, when am I my best? Like when am I most energized, most engaged at work? That would likely speak to a value that you have. And when am I most frustrated, annoyed, or when do I feel like there's a tension? And that could be this thing of like internal dissonance. So you're doing a thing and internally you're like, oh, I'm really unsettled. This doesn't really connect with me. What's going on? And that often points to a values conflict. So listen to those things and that will speak to your values. You'll be able to then work them out. And then this is the most important thing, Rach. Every time a job comes up, every single time, you have to go back to those values and assess it. Mm. And I'm saying this from like such like painful experience because I have taken jobs when I haven't assessed my values against them. So for example, growth, Mm. I've taken a job where I kind of, it was a bit of a, I would say a step back from what I was doing and there wasn't a lot of learning and growth and I just wasn't motivated or energized by it. And I quit after five months. So can I ask like what actually motivated you to take the job in the first place? I needed a change. And it's funny because the change was my growth thing. Like the growth value in me wasn't being met in my existing job. So I went for a change, but the change that I got was a role that was kind of even more scaled back. And when I, it wasn't until I was in the job that I realized, oh, this is not aligning with my values. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't assess my values before I took the job. And I didn't 
do that deep work. And I think what Daniel has done and what a lot of us need to do is really assess each opportunity, not just based on the paper, what's on paper, like what is the contract? Go deeper and go, what is the values alignment with this job opportunity? Mm, Yeah, that's great. And probably really great advice for anyone starting their career as well. Like it sounds like a a lot of what you're saying will be great for someone setting up their career and making sure they pick the right opportunities from the get-go instead of being in a position where you're needing to reassess halfway through like you did. Yeah, and it's, you know what, it's annoying for for the person but it's also annoying for the employer. Mm. Like for the employer to have someone, you know, five months in be like, oh, sorry, I'm out. Like that's a bit – and you don't want to have those experiences. So you can avoid that upfront by asking the question. All right. So going back to Daniel's question with choosing flexibility or pay, what instance would pay be better rather than flexibility? Yeah, that's a good question. Let us go to a break and when we come back, we'll answer it. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so when would you prioritise pay over things like flexibility or other values or even prioritising pay over culture? Because I know that's a big one we get lots of questions about. I'm working in a great culture, but I've been offered this job and it's paying 20% higher and should I just take it? So I, I will <laughs> go with me. My general sentiment, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, for me, money is not a top driver when it comes to my career. Often there's other things that are, like it's important, don't get me wrong, like money is important, we need to have a good income. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not my primary motivator. So I want to give that context when we're answering this question. So when would you prioritise pay over, let's say, flexibility or team culture or whatever, you would do that when you've got a financial goal. So let's say you're saving for a house and that's your biggest priority right now. Well, it can take years to save for a house deposit. So if that's your primary goal, then take the job that pays 20% more. You may sacrifice some of those other things, but if that's your priority, go for it, do it. Take the higher paying job and don't apologize for it. Just do it. If your primary goal is balance and 
family, then maybe you would take a job that has less hours and doesn't have unpaid overtime and all that stuff because that's your primary goal. So I guess this is why we talked heaps about values, but you can see why it's so important when you know what your values are and also your personal goals, like buying a house or whatever that is, you can make the right career decisions for you in the long term. And the other thing I'm thinking, Rach, is for people, it's the same for anyone who wants to start a family. So let's say you want to have kids in the next couple of years. Well, you may want to pick a job that has that sense of security and stability. So you get your parental leave and you get to come back to that job and it's all nice and stable. And that's something that's really important during that time where you're planning a family. Again, it's just working out the overlay between your values and your goals and then you assess each job and each career decision against both of those things. Yeah, that's great. And and would you say that values can change over time as well? So you're picking jobs based on your values at that certain point in time, I guess, of your career? Totally. Your values do change. I don't think they change drastically in a short space of time, but I definitely think life circumstances cause them to shift. Mm. So for example, if I think back before I had kids, one of my values would have been achievement. Like I really wanted to feel like I was achieving a lot. And so that was a big focus. But then after I had kids, my value changed to autonomy because that really aligned with, I really don't want to work in the office. I want to be able to do school pickups. Like we did just, we had to pause this recording. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I've got to go pick Sunny up. Prime example. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And she's like in and out of the studio. Um, but yeah, I guess that goes to life circumstances can cause your values to change. And so this process is not a one and done. It's ongoing. So come back to it every couple of years. And for you, like when we talk about your remote working experience, that's been a recent thing. Mm. Like you've recently done this four day work week and that's changed what matters to you. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's, it's interesting how we need to reassess them every couple of years, but then look at those opportunities against this stuff great. So Daniel, thanks for your question. And we hope this helps anyone who's weighing up some big decisions at the moment to go back to your values and think about your life goals and make the decision based on those. As always, if you enjoy the show, leave us a rating review wherever you listen, because that helps us get the word out there and then we can do more episodes. Thanks heaps for hanging out. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 